I'm Ryan. I'm Braxton. And I'm Christian. And welcome to the question at hand. Apparently, we weren't recording a minute ago. So, take two. <laughs> Action. Wonderful start. <laughs> yeah. Heck yeah. Uh, today, we got a really exciting episode. Um, we're having my friend Danny Marcano come on. Uh, he is right now the seasonal communications assistant for the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and get him on a call. Hey, Danny, what's up? How you guys doing? Doing great. Good. How are you? Awesome. Good to hear. Awesome. Good. Let's go around the room and introduce. Okay. Uh, Ryan, obviously, I know you. Yep. Uh, this is Christian. Other two guys. Christian, nice to meet you. Nice yep. to meet you. And this is Braxton. Hi. Braxton, nice to meet you guys. Um, I don't know if Ryan gave you the rundown. Um, we uh, we played in the D3 Senior Classic together two years ago? Uh, yeah, I think it was two years ago. Something like that. Two years ago. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. Cool. It was a couple of years ago. Danny was my long yeah, snapper. No. He's like the hardest snaps I'd ever seen yeah. in my life. <laughs> it's a, the snapper kicker connection is one like any other. Oh yeah, man. The special teams connect the special teams <laughs> connection is always strong. It only takes a couple of days for you to like really like get to know somebody. Because you just stand around at practice Crazy all the bread. time. So <laughs> you just kinda you just kinda shoot the you know, shoot the breeze. So literally. So yeah, uh, right now you are the what at Kansas City? So I am a seasonal communications assistant uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, and what exactly does that mean? Uh, so basically, I'm just a member of a staff that is the team's PR staff. So think of it as um, the liaison between the team and the media. So any player, coach, uh, any staff, media obligations, we assist with that. Um, and we basically mediate that and help facilitate any requests. Um, so that's the that's the overarching day-to-day kind of what we do. Um, but as I'm sure you guys know, as sports fans, no two days are the same. So there's something that pops up every single day. Um, and that's kind of what I love about what we do is there's something new every single day. So uh, it's cool. I mean, you're, you're obviously you have the 70 hour weeks in, in the office and, and heavy at work hours, but then it ends up at the Super Bowl a couple of weeks, which we just wrapped up a week and a half ago. So it's uh, it's a really, really awesome thing to be a part of. Dude. Wow. That's cool. awesome. Um, so what, is, what are you doing right now that the Super Bowl's over? So Super Bowl's over. So Super Bowl wraps up uh, last Sunday. I'm at I'm in my little one-bedroom apartment here in Kansas City, uh, right smack dab in the middle of the United States. Um, but the season wrapped up, so we're actually taking a little time to kind of recharge the batteries a little bit. Um, when you think about it, we had you, know, you have a couple days off for each of the two bye weeks, one in the regular season and one in the postseason. Um other than that, we've been going nonstop since July, end of July. So about seven straight months of, uh, of six to seven days a week of work. Um, so we're taking a little time to rest up right now. But um, as you guys know, I mean, you're sports fans. The, the scouting combine's here in like two weeks. So it's, yeah. it turns around pretty quick. I'm sure. I'm sure you got, a, I'm sure you got your hands full, especially uh, not maybe as much in the offseason as you do during the season, but – I mean, it's, you're still putting in some hours, I'm sure. Especially with, like, you said the combine, but then you've got the draft and some other big events mm-hmm. that you're kind of leading yep. up to. So, um, yeah, it's probably nice to have a little break from that for a little bit. For sure. For sure. Okay. Well, cool. Um, so, I guess, since you're in this position now, uh, is this something that you want to do when you were growing up? Or, like, what did you want to be when you were growing up? Um, so, actually, growing up, I kind of just wanted to be in sports. So we want to be like the broadcasting type of behind the microphone, broadcasting the game to, to the millions that watch. Um, and then when I got to college, actually the beauty 
Ryan, you can relate to this. The beauty of playing at a D3 school, um, you're playing football at one of the highest levels in college that not a lot of people get to do. Um, but you're also getting a good education. And as you guys know, the, the great education that comes from uh, East Texas Baptist, not a, it, it's pretty, pretty good. It's a lot better than the John Carroll graduate degree that I got. Um, I don't know but about as that. But you guys know, I mean, <laughs> as you guys know, it's, the beauty is you can play football and play your sport, but also get a great education, um, have a great experience. So for me, during my time at John Carroll in Ohio, um, got a chance to see the athletic communications side. Um, and that actually led to a connection with the Cleveland Browns public relations department um, that I was able to be a part of for a full season last year. Um, so it was really just having that experience in college, being able to um, assist the, the division, assist athletic communications at the division three level um, as a student. That kind of opened my eyes really to, to this field. Um, it, it's something that, you know, when you watch sports and you see teams, you think of, you think of the coaching staff outside of playing, you think of coaching staff, you think of trainers, um, you think of equipment staff, training staff, strength staff. You never really think too much of the PR side of it and the athletic communication side, um, which from our standpoint, we like. We, we like kind of being in the background and helping everything flow. Um, but it's a field that I really fell in love with. I was very fortunate to have a chance to experience when I was in school. That's really cool. Um, so what is your degree in it that you got from John Carroll? Degree was uh, communications with a focus in digital media. Okay. That's cool. So are you doing, are you running like any of the Instagram or any else social media accounts or, um, is that kind of the stuff that y'all are doing as well as handling any kind of situations so, I guess, that arise? Yeah. So it's more, um, so we don't really touch that too much. Um, the beautiful thing though about PR departments now is, and especially just other teams too, you're all working together. So like you mentioned, social media accounts, they're run by our social media department. We have a digital media department and graphics department and it's such a big operation that you have so many different pieces that all come together, but it's, it really is one big operation. And that's the cool part about PR is we're, we're the liaison between the team and the media, but we're also a little bit of connector between the football side and the business side um, and, and connect as that, as that middle ground that can help and, and we touch a lot of different parts of the building. Um, so from, from that standpoint, if you look at a lot of the tweets and a lot of the stuff that will come out at least from our pages, from the content pages. Um, we do have a, a little bit of involvement in, um, which I think is pretty cool. It's, it's one of those rare places where you have a connection to all different parts of the building with the football side, but also like you mentioned, social media and digital media and graphics and all that. It's a, it's a unique situation to be in. That's really cool. Um, so you, you came out of college. Didn't you have an internship with the Browns? Is that right? That's right. Yep. I was very fortunate to, to have it um, first year right out of college. And then uh, what did you do at the Browns? Did you say a similar thing? Uh, yeah, same thing. Same thing. Um, as you guys know, as football fans, the teams are a little bit different. The Browns last year are a little bit different than the Chiefs this year. So I oh, yeah. uh, got, got a little taste of, of two sides of the team spectrum, um, which is cool. But uh it was an awesome learning experience to see a team go through some challenges throughout the year. Um, and then you also have, um, you know, number one overall pick and all that stuff that you have to go through and, uh, Texas kid as well, um, going through all that stuff. And then you come here to a team, another Texas quarterback. I don't know where, I don't know how you guys breed these guys, but we have another Texas quarterback coming out. Um, and you got a guy here in 15. That's, that's phenomenal. Um, so you see both sides. I got to see both sides of the spectrum of a really good team, the team in the, in the early development stages 
um, that I still think, you know, uh, both organizations are phenomenal in my eyes. Um, both had different set of circumstances and both are going through different situations, but uh, I got to learn how both handle each of those situations and I think it's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like a really good thing. You go from being like basically the, the bottom of the bottom to the top of the top within like a year. So I, that's a got pretty, lucky. Yeah. Got that's, to, that's picked, a, pretty, a decent team to come to. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. That's a pretty good yeah. switch that you did there. I don't know if you, if I told you this or if you know, but, uh, Patrick Mahomes is like from 15 minutes away from us. So I actually played him Tyler in high Texas. school. Yeah. He's from White my house. house. High school. So, yeah. Yeah. So we're like, I mean, I played against him in high school and he always destroyed us as I'm sure you, you guys, there's no surprise there, but you guys, and you're included, you guys are a football factory down there in Texas. You guys, you guys pump out the talent, man. I guess they say I, Texas high school football is the best. I I'd say Ohio's got a Ohio will give it a little run for its money, but Texas, Texas <laughs> is the premier. Texas is the top. Oh yeah, man. Here's There's, a question: Is there a single NFL franchise that your <clears throat> PR staff tries to model themselves after? It's uh, a good question. I think the way the way I approach it, and the way I think we approach it, is there are so many good staffs. Uh, you, you try to take a little thing from each of them, and the, the biggest thing that I that I saw that um, is really a critical piece to what we do is not caring so much. Um, let me backtrack a little bit. The way the you know how we do it and how we go about all our all our processes through relationships. And one thing that we see um, is that every of the really good PR staff they're all great people, and they treat people well. And they build the relationships with the guys in the locker room. And as you guys know, when it, when it's when you have a good relationship with somebody, it, it makes life go a little smoother, and it makes going through difficult times a little bit easier and smoother. And um, those tough processes can be alleviated a bit if you have a relationship with them. So I think one thing that we take from other departments, and certainly how they handle crisis crisis communication situations, is just how you are respectful of the situation, but mostly focus on the person and the either the person involved. And I know every day how we go about it. I mean, we, the thing we always ask ourselves when you're faced with a situation that you can go one way or the other, I mean, do the right thing. It's, it's an easy thing that we try to do. I mean, it's do the right thing, be honest, be true to the person best represent the team, but be true to each other and just do the right thing. So to answer your question, I don't think there's one group that we try to emulate. I don't, you know, you look at the football side of it, you always say you want to follow the New England model or you want to follow something else like that. I, I think we, we follow the model of, of people. And, and I've been fortunate enough to to meet some great people around the league. Um, and I think that's who we try to emulate more, the individual people and how they go about the process. Do you go into every season expecting to win a Super Bowl? Do you guys have that entire schedule planned out? No, take it one week at a time. <laughs> no, no, it's it's crazy. It's um, so coming into Kansas City, they were a game away. I mean, they were a couple inches away from going to the Super Bowl last year. I mean, they were an offsides call away from going to the Super Bowl. So, um, you think about it a little bit, but as you guys know, I mean, the season's so long. I mean, if you look at from the start of training camp at the end of July until early February at the Super Bowl, I mean, that's seven. I'm not a math guy. I think it's that's like seven months, right? So, I mean, if you don't break it down by a week-to-week, day-to-day basis, there's so much that could go past you and so much that could fall through the cracks. 
Um, so I think you prepare for a good for you prepare for a long season. You prepare for a playoff run, hopefully. Um, I think it is realistic to prepare for a Super Bowl run, but it's so. I mean, there's a lot of um, obviously a lot of effort that goes into preparing for a full Super Bowl run. So the difference is, you know, between us and like a play a team that's playing, a team that's playing is you're preparing to have your season go all the way to the Super Bowl. So you train for that in the in preseason and in training camp all the way through the season. I think the way we approach it is you prepare for training camp, then you prepare for your preseason and then into the season. And then as the year goes on, you try to just gain more and more traction and more and more endurance so that when you get midway, you know, midway through the season, as you guys know, you look at like week seven, week eight, you can take like 10 teams and go, all right, these teams aren't going to the playoffs. And, you know, the crazy thing is that I see it being in an NFL building you know, I think when you're when you're an outsider, when you're a fan and you're watching it, you're like, I wonder, I wonder if the teams actually think like this. Like, I wonder if this team actually thinks, hey, they're not going to go to the playoffs. Everything that you might be thinking about a team from a fan standpoint, everybody in that building thinks the exact same way. You hear all the outside noise. You hear what everybody's saying. If you're a team that's not real great and you're like, hey, we're probably not going to the playoffs. You know, we're a team that's. You listen to you. You listen to sports radio, and they'll say, "Yeah, this team's tanking, or this team's trying to prepare for the future." You know, building draft picks, whatever it may be. You hear all that, and you understand it. Um, so I know for us this past year, it got. You know, we were at a point where the team was five and three, and then six and four. So you're kind of questioning, where are we a little bit? You know, our division isn't that good, so we know we're probably going to make the playoffs. But when and how? Um, and then we, I remember, we went to Nashville. Lost to Tennessee on a bad snap, a block kick, and then gave up a long touchdown. Lost to Tennessee. And I remember we're sitting there like, man, we don't know where the season could go. Turns out the team didn't lose any games after that and went all the way to the Super Bowl. And it was kind of like week 14, week 15. It's like, all right, we're going to make the playoffs. So we have to prepare for a first round game, wild card game, probably here at Arrowhead, right? And then week 17, the Dolphins go and beat the Patriots. Chiefs win and we get a bye week. So it's like stuff. It's like you could prepare for that, but you're really just taking it on a week by week basis. Yeah. But to answer your question, no, we really don't look at it as a full. It's kind of hard to look at it as a we're preparing for a Super Bowl run because there's so much stuff that goes into the week to week to day to day operation that you kind of got to take it at a week to week and day to day basis. But um, it's it's one of those things that I know for us, you win the divisional and you see it's the AFC Championship. It's like, all right, here we go. We got a big week, AFC Championship. You got to do more and more. And then as soon as the AFC Championship ends, you're excited because we won. And you're like, all right, we're going to the Super Bowl. And then an hour after the game, you're like, holy crap, we got to prepare to go to the Super Bowl. You know? So if you prepare, I know my, me personally, I know I prepare a little bit at, you know, going into the AFC Championship of here's what we're going to have to do next week. I remember that Saturday, there was some stuff I could do in advance, no matter who the team was. If the Chiefs went to the Super Bowl, I could prepare in that way. So I did. Um, but it's really one of those things where you, until the situation happens, you don't really know what to expect. You know what I mean? Yeah. What do you think your top priorities are in, in PR for an NFL team? I know a lot of people, when they think of PR, they just think that means information going out to fans, going out to media. Um, mm-hmm. But you've got a lot more uh, things to focus on. You're trying to retain trust of fans. You're trying to um, be as transparent as possible. So yep. what do you think your top priorities are in PR? Yeah, uh, you're 100% right with that. I mean, there's a lot of facets that go into it. Remaining trust is a big one. I think the biggest thing is 
some a little bit that I talked about a little bit earlier about relationships. I think the biggest thing is making sure that the team and the players are best represented. And I think one you know one thing we say to our guys is you know if there's ever anything you need, we'll stand in the hole for you. I mean, we'll protect you and we'll and we'll help you and guide you in any way. But it's it's a two way street. It's a relationship. It's honesty, and it's it's one of those things where I think you know if you guys look at anything that's gone on. You know, if you look at NFL PR or any sports PR and you look at maybe times where it might not have been a good PR move by a team or a bad situation from a PR standpoint, it's probably rooted on maybe dishonesty somewhere. It's rooted in not 100% transparency from, from whatever side it was that's involved. Um, so for us, it's, it's always, number one, you're always best representing the team and the organization, but you're also working with the guys. You know, and it's one of the best things that I, I thought of in the Super Bowl. One of the one of the things that I take try not to take for granted, but one of the things that I take took great pleasure in was the guys that I built relationships in, seeing them reach the mountaintop. You know, giving guys hugs and, and thanking them and talking to them after after we did all our work in the Super Bowl. But you're talking, you know, I was talking to guys in the locker room and guys that I had real relationships with, and, and guys that I got along with and, and cared about. Seeing them reach the mountaintop was the best feeling ever. And uh, just to have a little part of that was pretty awesome from a Super Bowl standpoint. But um, to circle back and answer your question, yeah, it's the biggest thing from our standpoint is, is representing our guys, taking care of our guys and our organization. Do you have anything? Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about this season. Um, how did mm-hmm. how did y'all handle Mahomes going down like relatively early in the season? Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, yeah, he went down with a week. I remember it was a Thursday night game. And, um, you know, he, he goes down and pops his knee out and he followed the football trend of next man up. Um, but it, to be honest with you, we, it, it was honesty and transparency throughout that process. Um, you know, as, as he was going on through his, um, through his recovery process, the best thing was how, you know, Patrick's such a good guy that he's supportive. I mean, he's supporting the team and, Everybody saw that from that standpoint. Um, so it was easy to, to see that you know, he was a guy that really cared about the team. So I know that he supported the rest of the guys. And um, from our standpoint, it's you get the next man up and you get him ready. And that was Matty Moore. Uh, Matty Moore is a legend around Kansas City now and definitely in our building, mainly because he's such a great guy, but also that he, he rose to the occasion when he was called upon. He did, yeah. He played very well. Yeah, I mean, he – he went in the, including that game he went in at Denver, just two and one in the three games he played. Um, and those are two big wins, um, for the Chiefs that turned out to I me, mean, it was a 12 and four season that you needed every win to get that by. And you look at the end of the day, he was, he was two and one. He went and one as a starter, but he went in that Denver game and won it. So, um, you offer support to Patrick in that situation and you, you best protect the team and the organization. And you offer transparency and which, you know, which I believe we did. And, he, he was a, you know, Patrick was a guy that's always chomping at the bit to get back. So you, know, you see him in practice and you see him working, but obviously you don't want to rush it back and risk any further injury or re-injury um, as he goes through that process. But um, it was definitely, it was one of those things that, you know, you go through a lot. You normally go through a lot throughout the season for the Chiefs this past year. That was a big one with Patrick going down. But I like at last year, I mean, I, we had a number one overall pick in Cleveland. Uh, started playing week three and played through the end of the season broke the rookie passing touchdown record, right? But then you also had mid-season coaching change that 
you don't really expect. I don't know if you guys remember those, when Hugh Jackson was let go and uh, Greg Williams was brought in, was advanced to head coach. So there's different situations throughout the year that pop up that you never expect. I can guarantee you nobody in Kansas City expected Patrick Mahomes to go down on a Thursday night game in Denver. And then realizing that he popped his knee out of place and then it got popped back in, in the, on the field and then he came back two weeks later, two weeks later. It's remarkable. Yeah, I just wondered if there was if there was any kind of worry about the season. Maybe um, I mean at that point, yeah, I mean he was playing extremely well when he got hurt, mm-hmm. and you know yeah. um, Matt Moore came back and he you know he he stepped up to the occasion. But there's always that worry about you know Pat coming back and maybe he's not a hundred percent or maybe you lose a couple games because he's he's not back to his full health or something. And so I mean mm-hmm. like. Something like that could easily, when your star quarterback gets hurt, you could very easily tank the whole season if that were to happen. But I mean, ends up you guys go and win the Super Bowl. I just I didn't know if that changed y'all's outlook on the season at all, and maybe there was a little bit of worry there for a little bit, and seeing how he was going to do coming back. Or yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, it's like I was going to earlier, uh, like I was talking about earlier. I mean, you have the same emotions as fans. I mean, when you're sitting there watching it. And you see him go down, and you see him surrounded. I mean, it's you're naturally you're thinking for the worst, you know. And I remember you're hearing the broadcast, and he's saying, "Oh, they're looking at his knee." Like, oh, towards ACL, done for the year, and you're automatically thinking about the worst. I mean, that's your natural reaction. Um, but then you look at one, you see him coming off, and he's jogging to the locker room. So it's like, all right, he's, he's going to be okay. Um, but then you also know the type of guy that he is, the type of the type of person that he is. I mean, in the locker room after the game, he's he's bouncing around and hugging with all the guys. They came back and got the got the game. Got the they won the game and got the job done on a Thursday night in a short week. Um so yeah, I mean there there's a little worry, obviously. I think it's like that when everybody goes down and especially guys that um you care about. But um yeah, it's fifteen's pretty special. And um yeah. it was it was definitely fortunate that it was um wasn't as, as bad as it could have been. For sure. Um Speaking of, you, you keep saying, uh, you know, y'all have the same emotions as the fans do. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think that goes to say that you guys that are on staff are maybe as much of a fan, if not more, because, I mean, you have those relationships that you built with the guys. And so, I mean, right. you want to see him, you want to see him succeed. And so for one of them to go down and get hurt or them to lose a game, like it hurts for fans who are just sitting at home watching or in the stands. But it, I feel like it may hurt a little extra for you guys because you do have that relationship with those people. Um, and the guys on the team mm-hmm. aren't, I mean, it's just like you're, you're playing football and your teammates are down after the game or something like you want to, you, you feel that too, even though you may have lost as well. Like you understand that. And I feel like you are just as much as part of like a part of the chiefs team and organization as any of the other guys are. So, I mean, if, if one of them goes down or y'all lose a game or whatever it may be, um, I mean, you're just as much invested and have the same emotions as the fans 100%. because, I mean, you're you're around those guys all the time. Yeah, you're 100 percent right. I mean, you're you're you, you think when and when you're when you're invested in it, I mean, you you want the team to win oh, as bad as anybody. Um, but you also have the you also have the mentality of you know you're, you're not we're not cheering in the press box when they score a touchdown. Um, your mind is always to the work first and foremost, you know, because you have a job to do. Um, so you're always thinking about the work. And for me, it's like whenever the touchdown scored, yeah, you're happy and you're excited because your team is being successful. But for me, it's like, okay, 
who scored that touchdown? All right, it was Tyree Kill. How many touchdowns does Tyree Kill have on the season receiving? Okay, he's got this many. How many did for his career? All right, he's got this many. How many yards does he add? Is it the fastest through the first four years? Is that the most touchdowns in the first four years in Chiefs history? Okay, it was thrown by Patrick. Patrick, that was his 35th touchdown of his career. How many touchdowns has any quarterback under the age of 25 ever thrown? Oh, it's thrown 34? Oh, he just broke that record. So it's like, all right, now we got to tweet that out. Now we got to bring that up. So as soon as something happens, you're, you're excited, right? But you're also, your mind is rolling of milestones and stats. And that's the PR standpoint of it. Um, Basically translating that information into a purpose, right? That's basically his job. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. 100%. And and you look at like post game, you know, post game, if you're watching at home, you get excited, the team wins, you sit and you kick back a little bit. Um, For the Super Bowl, you know, we're on the sideline and I was fortunate enough to get down there about six minutes remaining. So I caught the final two, the final three scores. I caught the score, the go ahead touchdown. um, And then the other one to seal the deal um, at the very end. And it's, you're excited and you want to, you know, you, you have all the emotions of, holy crap, the team just won the Super Bowl. Um, but I remember looking up and there was 50 some seconds left and I knew that, all right, you got to run two plays because you, you have to run it out. So it's, you want to celebrate and be excited and jump up and down, but it's, you compose yourself, obviously. And I know for me, like my mentality went straight to, okay, here's what our job is. Here's what we have to do. We have, we're going to have all these media outlets that we have to facilitate after the game. We have our guys where we have to get to the individual places. Boom, let's do it. Um, so um, I was actually talking about it to somebody earlier this week that, like, I really didn't sit back and think, holy crap, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl until really until about five minutes before the bus left in the locker room after the locker room cleared out after the game because you're just you're so focused on here's what we have to do to get our to get our job done from our standpoint. Um, so do you beforehand, it, before you even sit do back. you guys handle a lot of like the post game interviews and stuff and getting mm-hmm. guys where they need to be and all the logistics of that. Exactly. Exactly. That's 100% of, um, it's exactly what we do. That's, Super Bowl is a little crazy because you're, you're grabbing one player and you're like, all right, we've got Fox right here. We've got ESPN right here. We've got NFL Network over here. We've got Sirius XM Radio over here. we got Westwood One Radio over here. We've got ESPN Deportes. we got all these other places that you gotta you got to facilitate. And um, I, for me, it's exciting and it's fun. Um, and it's just a just to really be down there and be a part of it was was an experience in itself, and it, it was pretty remarkable. Do you guys decide who goes where, or do maybe some of the mm-hmm. stations have their own idea of who they would like? I mean, I'm sure everybody after the Super Bowl wanted Patrick Mahomes, but you guys right. kind of have to figure out where to stick him that'll be best for him. And um, yeah, what's the process that kind of goes into that? Yeah, so it's unique. Um, so Super Bowl is a completely different animal. Super Bowl is everybody will basically take who they can get just because it's so crazy. Um, and with Patrick, you have to – Patrick, you're not really given to everybody because he's got so much stuff going on. He's got, like, maybe three or four things that he has to take care of right now um, with different outlets. And then he's got to go to the stage. And then he's got to go to the he's got to go to the Fox set. And then he's got to go do his media. So he's a little different, but for the most part, all the other guys, I mean, it's just a scrum on the field of different reporters and cameras and microphones all over the place, just grabbing players and just conducting their interviews. Um, the difference is, so like for like a regular season home game or away game, um, if you lose, obviously you go straight to the locker room. But if you win, you normally have, um, you have your broadcast network, so your CBS or your Fox. And then you also normally have an, an NFL network and an ESPN uh, reporter and camera crew there. So you normally say, okay, we're going to take, Patrick's going to do CBS right after this game, but we're going to give Travis Kelsey to ESPN um, and Tyron Matthew to NFL Network. 
and then from there they're good to go. Um, so that's one of the crazy things that I, it's going to be tough to adjust to once we get back into the rhythm of things next year. Of you only have very few people you have to accommodate, but whereas at the Super Bowl last week, I mean, there's six thousand credential media members at the Super Bowl, um, and everybody needs a story and everybody needs a little piece of something. So it's tough to accommodate that, but it was it was fun. It was fun. It yeah, was definitely cool. Dude, that sounds really crazy. That's really cool. So what is your preparedness for certain scandals, specifically things that, you know, you can't necessarily predict. Um, Mm -hmm. No one saw Aaron Hernandez coming or the Robert Kraft incident. Um, But, you know, every NFL team is plagued by, uh, you know, substance abuse or whatever. Um, Crisis management. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you go into the season expecting Um, or not necessarily expecting, but what do you go through with a framework that you have in place where you say, if this happens, this is what we're going to do. Do you have anything ready like that? Yeah, I, personally, I think uh, what we try to do is, so we call the situations crisis communication situations, where if something happens, um, here's how you react. Number one, I think the best thing is to always gather as much information as you can. Um, you can't really prepare for any of those situations. I think you drive yourself crazy if you prepare for every single situation. Um, but you can have resources if that makes sense um and for me resources have been how other teams have handled situations and you look at how other teams have handled um those situations that you mentioned and you can use those as a template to uh, maybe a maybe a blueprint uh to how you want to go about your process um you know i know the biggest thing really in those situations is from a pr standpoint is you want to gather as much information as you can um before you move forward with anything and um, obviously when you're in an organization standpoint, you want everybody to be on the same page and ownership has to be aware. I mean, they own the team. Uh, the coach has to be aware. The general manager has to be aware A president, if there's a president on the team. They should be aware. Um, I think the biggest thing in that standpoint is to try to just be as transparent as possible, gather as much information as possible. Um, and then be honest, you know, I think that's why you see, um, you know, normally when statements are made, it's, you know, we're aware of the situation and we're gathering information. And that's, that's really the only update you have at that time because you want to gather as much information as you can and work with as many people as you can. Um, so number one, know as much as you can before you move forward. Um, at the end of the day, it's, I know a lot of those things are always heightened because it's a national spotlight and it's normally national people. But at the end of the day, they're people. And, and it's, out of a respect factor for the individual person or for whatever the situation may be, out of respect factor for those involved, I think the best thing to do is to gather as much information as you can, try to know it, try to learn as much as you can about the individual situation before moving forward. So, um, yeah, like going back to what you said, it's it's tough to prepare for those situations, but I think if you have the right blueprint and you follow kind of maybe what other teams have done in the past that shows successful, um, but following the foundation of just being honest and transparent and trying to gather as much information as you can, I think that kind of leads to the right, maybe not the right way to go about it. Right way is probably the wrong way. Maybe the most appropriate way to go about those processes. Yeah. But it, you're right. I mean, that's a, that's crisis communications. That's a big thing, big part of what we do. I mean, every team goes through something. What's your take on the handling of the Astros scandal right now? Um, that's tough. I'll be honest. I'm not really a big baseball guy. So, I mean, as, as we know, it's how, you know, I think we're all aware of the situation and what's going on. But I haven't followed it too closely enough to fully um, see how they've responded to it. I know they've had some people, some players talk earlier, and um, 
the ownership talked but spoke to the media, but I haven't followed it closely enough to give a solid answer, so I apologize. No, that's fine. You were, uh, good, man. You're talking about transparency earlier. Um, mm-hmm. It seems to me, though, a lot of times now, especially with social media, companies and organizations kind of always are pulled towards not being transparent, you know, mm-hmm. towards that route, but it, it seems to backfire almost all the time. Why do you think there's still sure. such an appeal to trying to, you know, control the information in that way? Yeah, that's and it's crisis. tricky. Right, it's tricky. And I think, uh, and this is just a personal opinion and um, nothing that represents anything that I'm involved with. I think personal opinion-wise, I think it's everybody tries to maybe try to save face and you try to make the situation not seem like what it is. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, I mean, we live in a world where we all have cell phones, right? These are, I mean, everybody's a reporter. You know, when something happens, uh, you could you can try and control the situation and tell them what you think is going on and maybe control the outcome. You might be trying to do that, but everybody's a reporter and the truth, you know, the, the agent, you know, the old adage, the truth is, the truth will always rise. I mean, the truth always comes out. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think it's, I mean, it's best to be understood in that way. And, um, you mentioned it. It's every, everybody that tries to, tries to hide something, it always comes out. It does. And yeah. it's, again, it's my opinion of me as a person of faith. I, I think it's best just to be honest and be transparent as best as you can. And, um, everybody goes through, through those situations. Take it from a team standpoint. Everybody has those times and it's tough. And, not, you know, you, if you, if you pull a hundred people and you put a situation in front of them and how it was handled, you're always going to get 10 people that are upset about it, no matter what you do, which is understood, but I just think it's best to do the right thing. Absolutely. That's cool. I really like, uh, your perspective on handling those crisis situations. Um, because I feel like, I mean, the media, especially they're just looking for news, uh, and they really don't care about players or anybody all they care about is being the first one to get it i mean you could take the the kobe bryant uh incident for for example um i mean he they didn't even notify his family first uh i mean it got it got blasted out there on twitter or something and um everybody knew before the family even did and that's that's really disrespectful um and it's it's not the way that the the media should be handled. The situation should have been handled. Um, but I just, I feel like, uh, a lot of the, a lot of the media outlets really don't give a crap about anybody. They just want to be the first ones to report on so-and-so having a DUI or, um, this person, you know, getting in trouble for rape or whatever it may be. Um, it just seems like they're, they're really impersonable. And so, uh, I really like you guys, opinion and stance on how you're going to handle those kind of situations. Yeah. And like you mentioned, I mean, it's, it's, um, how you mentioned the outlook of, of media nowadays. The, the thing is there's, sure, there are some that fall into that category, um, or a decent amount, but they're at the core, um, from my experience, personal experience, there's a lot of media that are true and that are, that are good and that are, the, and that are the, that do things the right way. Um, and I've encountered a lot that do things the right way and that are respectful in that way. And, um, I think that's one of the beautiful things about PR, um, yeah, shameless plug for PR right there. One of the beautiful things about PR is you're, you have the capability to build those relationships. And, um, 
I'm not going to name names, but there are a lot of, not a lot, there are a good handful of media members that I've encountered that we work with closely that are genuinely good people, but also do it the right way. I mean, they also check their resources before going forward with anything, which I think is important. Um, a lot of times they don't have to do that. You know, they don't have to check with PR to go through things or they don't have to, you know, if they wanted to talk to a player, they could just call them on the cell phone, but they go through us because it's kind of the right way to go about it. And you mentioned it. It's tough. You mentioned the Kobe Bryant situation where, you know, it was leaked almost right away. And, um, you feel for the family that that's how they had to find out, you know, and I remember right off the bat, there was some reports that said it was just Kobe Bryant. Some that said it was his entire family. I mean, a lot of conflicting stuff because like you said, there's a lot of people that just want to be the, they want to be the first to report it. They want to get the notification. They want to be the ones that, that get to push, you know, get the push alert to your phone. Um, but there are a lot of media members that are, that are true and that are correct and that are doing things the right way. I've been fortunate enough to, to know a few of them and know a good amount of them. I feel, I do, I do personally, I do feel for media. I, I got a soft spot because there are a lot of, we're in the, and this again, this is all opinion based. We're in the, we're in the fake news uh, world nowadays, but there are a lot of media members that are true and that do their job the right way. Um, and those are the ones that are, that are special and that we can use a little bit more of. Yeah, for sure. So who's one guy in the chief? I'm going to say, Exclude Pat because he's basically the face of the NFL at this point. Okay. But who's that okay. one guy on yeah, the chief yeah. who's you know a PR staff's dream to have on the team? James Winchester, long snapper. Really? <laughs> that's, that's my own thing. He's a great guy. He is a great guy. Um, I, I feel like no he, one who listens to this is going to have a clue who James Winchester is. Not a clue. Not a clue. <laughs> or know what a long snapper is. Probably neither of those. Yeah, probably neither. That's all right. Um, we've been we've been really fortunate that we have a good group of guys. Um, there's, you know, you mentioned Patrick's really really awesome to work with, but and this is not me just fabricating it. There really aren't isn't anybody in our locker room that has trouble with with going through media requests and doing it. Um, sure, not everybody wants to talk to media every single day. I get it. We don't want to see them every single day, but we have to. Um, but I think, and it, it's all it's all owed to uh, my bosses that have prepared the players this way. All the players understand and respect what the media does, especially around our team and the ones that are around the Chiefs every single day. The group as a whole, I, I, I don't think individually, I think the group as a whole is really awesome. And, and they understand, honestly, they understand the importance of media. Now, one thing we always say is, you know, that it might it's not your favorite thing to talk to the media. We get it. But when you talk to the media, you're really talking to the fans. I mean, the fans are the ones that read the articles and watch the videos and pay for the subscriptions. And that's how they get all their information. I mean, you're really talking to the, the chiefs for us. You're talking to the chiefs kingdom. You're, you're talking to the fans that live and die by this team. I mean, you should, you guys should have seen the city light up when the parade was going on. I, I can send you guys videos that I have on my phone. I mean, we're going down the road and you've got people seven, eight deep on the side of the road behind bicycle fence going down a road in, in 14-degree weather in February. Uh, and then you go to a big – I mean, we had the big rally where people as far as you could see. I mean, it was – these people live and die by it. Um, but to circle back and answer your question, we're just lucky, man. We have a really great group of guys in the locker room um, that understand what it means to talk to the media – and help tell our organization's story and our team's story. 
What's it like having Travis Kelsey on the team? I can just see you Kelsey's guys like, after he scores a touchdown, yeah. you're like, okay, how is he about to dance and what are we going to have to explain? <laughs> <laughs> so what is it like Kelsey having a character it, like Kelsey? It's it's fun. It's fun. The beauty about Kelsey is he's himself, man. He, he's himself. I've been fortunate enough to uh, build a relationship with him both from the Cleveland area. I'm from I'm born and raised in Canton, Ohio, a little south of Canton, but uh, went to John Carroll in Cleveland Heights, Ohio, and then lived in that area. Uh, John Carroll's in University Heights, which is right next to Cleveland Heights, which is where Kelsey's from. Um, and then I actually lived in that same University Heights area on the east side of Cleveland uh, the year that I worked for the Browns. So I was in, I lived in that area for five years. Um, and so we got to build a little relationship since we still, since we both come from the same area. Um, he's awesome, man. He, he's fun and electric and, you know, he, he's, he's done some things in the past, obviously, where he threw the official's flag and, and got all the <laughs> repercussions from that. Um, but he's, he's an incredible person. And, and I think when you've got a guy who, one, he loves what he does and he really, really loves his teammates. When you've got a guy that has that passion, but also has a personality, you let him show it. I mean, who am I to, who, who are we to, to cage it up? I mean, he's got a personality, let him show it. And he's a great person. He does a lot of great things for the area. And, um, awesome for the locker room. I mean, he's, he's, he's one of the guys. He's, he's to answer your question. You let him show it out, man. You, you let him embrace his personality. Yeah. So if there's a, a young kid who, mm-hmm wants to stay with sports but work on you know the hidden side of everything the pr and social yep. media what would you tell them what advice would you give them to uh maybe start picking up on as they go through middle school high school college um specifically yep. looking at sports yeah i'd say get involved in the background i'd say it, it's fun to play and if you can play play as long as you can um but get involved in other sports you know i remember looking back in high school um, you know, I was writing, um, I was doing things, I was just I was playing football, but I was also doing things out of football. I was, um, writing on other sports. I was contributing to other factors. Um, and there's, there's ways to do it in middle school, high school, where you're involved. Look at every team nowadays, middle school, high school has a Twitter account. You could easily track it. You could easily do stuff. Every, um, especially once you get to the college level, that was really where I gained and kind of understood more and more of what I wanted to do. Um, every team has a sports information or an athletic communications department. Every school has that. Um, get involved. And, and honestly, it's the biggest thing for me in anything, it doesn't have to be PR, get involved and try it. I mean, when you're a young man, you've got so much time and you have so much area and energy and potential to, to try just different things. Anything that piques your interest at all, give it a whirl. You never know. That was me. I, I was a volunteer for my first, I was unpaid for my first, uh, semester, I was played as a freshman, and then that second semester of my freshman year, I was working in sports information unpaid, just learning it. Because I remember in football, I remember I was playing, and then I'd see after the game, I'd see tweets and I'd see stories about the game. And I was like, well, you know, I went in wanting to do broadcasting, and I was doing broadcasting on the side, and I was like, well, it's kind of cool where you're telling the story of the team in the background, and you're also, you know, you're the one that's making the notes and the statistical research and the Twitter and all that stuff. So I was like, ah. Oh, interested in it so i followed that path and it led me to uh led me to sports information where uh believe it or not i was the uh, i was the head athletic communications representative uh my junior and senior year for wrestling and women's lacrosse two things i knew nothing about 
um, and had to learn the backgrounds of those two sports, um, which actually doing that kind of helped me once I got to the professional level. And that's kind of how I found it. I just, I tried it. It was interesting to me, so I tried it out and, and gave it a whirl. And it's, it's a scary thing sometimes. I mean, I'm sure you, you guys have, everybody's done it. I mean, where you look and something piques your interest and you're kind of afraid to jump to see maybe I want to give it a shot. But um, I know I've been there with different things that I was, you know, afraid of failing or afraid of trying. So I, don't, I wouldn't do it. And sometimes you look back and you wish you would have. But um, this is one thing that I'm glad I, I gave it a shot and wrote it out a little bit. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, so, I, do you have any more questions? Uh, I don't think so. Okay, I think I've got two. Um, the first okay. one is how uh, how is it working with Baker Mayfield? It was fine. Um, Baker is Baker's Baker. Um, I I enjoy being around Baker. Um, I don't think I've ever been around somebody that has so much passion for what they do than Baker Mayfield. The guy loves it, and he loves his teammates. Um, and you saw that every day. If there's a guy that, that wants to bring a locker room together and that wants to be successful in this league, it's Baker Mayfield. Um, I enjoyed it. He, um, you know, sure there were some things from a PR standpoint that um, he would maybe say a little too much or maybe not say the right things, but it happens. I mean, he was, he was a rookie who was going through a really, really tough situation. I mean, now he's going into his third season and it's his, what, fourth head coach? Something third like or fourth that, different yeah. offensive coordinator. Guy, the guy's been through a lot. Um, yeah, that's but tough. from the little bit that I was around Baker, it's, if anybody can persevere through that, it's him. Um, but it was, I enjoyed it um, because I got to, you know, being in the locker room a little bit. You got to see who he was as a person, and, and man, that guy, that guy loves his teammates and he loves what he does. I'm telling you, man, it's your Texas people. Hey, you're, the Texas <laughs> people are bred differently. You get those guys; they're, they're bred differently. <laughs> A lot of people say that he uh, might have more success if he didn't do quite as many commercials. <laughs> I heard that quite. Ask that to his bank account. Ask that to his bank account, man. Oh yeah, his bank account. <laughs> his bank account saying do as many commercials as possible. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, so the second, retirement plan loves the dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no kidding. Uh, so my second question is: uh, after the Super Bowl. Y'all have got the parade. Um, I think you posted a picture on it, like your Instagram story or something of you holding the Lombardi trophy while you're just like yeah. sitting on the bus or something. And I was like, bro, that's freaking crazy. Um, so how was, how was the parade? How was, uh, you know, being on the stage while Mahomes and some of the other guys are up there, uh, you know, talking to Chiefs Kingdom? Um, I mean, I'm sure was, that was a yeah. pretty crazy experience. Can you also talk about yeah. how heavy the trophy is? <laughs> I've never heard so anyone describe tro- how heavy it is. So I'll actually I'll put this up to the camera first and I'll send this to you guys. Um, that's uh, that's the trophy. Um, so for that story, actually we're getting we're on the plane coming back Monday. I had 45 minutes of sleep Sunday night, which was the night after the game. I had about 45 minutes of sleep into Monday, um, so I was pretty exhausted. But on the flight back, it was about a two and a half hour flight from Miami to Kansas City, and it was about midway through, and I'm dozing in and out, didn't get any sleep. I got 45 minutes. Left. I'm sleeping the night before. So the trophy, while all the players are asleep in the back, the trophy's coming around and I just saw it and grabbed it. And I was fortunate enough that I could touch it a little bit Sunday night, but this was, a, that was the first time that I actually got to grab and feel the trophy. It's pointy as heck. Like the three, like <laughs> it you know, looks it's, like it's it. point. Like it's, I remember the first time I grabbed it, I was like, this is weird. Um, it's not that heavy, but it's when you have, when you don't, I mean, when you have football player hands, it feels like it's nothing in your hand. For me, it's like, 
you felt all the grooves and it, like it's sharp. Like the corners are sharp. Um, this is the one thing about holding the trophies you never thought was like the corners are sharp. But then I, you feel like the, the metallic football on top, the thing's hollow. It's like you feel it and that part's like kind of light. Like you're knocking on it and it's hollow on the inside. It's, it's, it's a weird trophy, <laughs> but it is cool when you sit back and you feel it. It's like, this is a Vince Lombardi trophy. Like this is pretty freaking cool. Um, you talk, I remember touching it a little bit and I got to kiss it the night of the game, but there was, it was disgusting. I mean, there are finger marks all over it and every, it was gross, but that <laughs> time I got to feel it, it was good. <laughs> Lo and behold, an, an hour later, that same trophy was in the back getting, you know, beer luged as people were pouring beers and drinking it. Down. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Like, luckily I got it before uh-huh. that. Um, but it, it's pointy. It's pointy. That's, that's the one thing about the trophy. It's not that heavy, it's, but the corners are pointy. That was the one thing with me. <laughs> Sorry, Ryan. You repeat that question. I, I, awesome. I lost track. No, you're good, that. man. <laughs> you're good. Uh, so after the game, um, you know, you've got the parade. Uh, how is it like being in the parade, being up on stage with uh, Pat and some of the other guys? You know, giving speeches to Chiefs Kingdom, and uh, you know, just getting to hang out. I'm sure there was lots of partying after there the was. game as well. I'm sorry, I'm like sidetracking <laughs> you again. No, but. so it was. Uh, <laughs> there was. It was fun. It was very, very fun. Um, shout out to the. I don't know if they sponsor you guys or not. If they don't sponsor you, then it's free pub to them. It was all over the buses. Um, so we got to get them to actually just sponsor this podcast. <laughs> to help you guys out. That was fr- that was yeah, free pub for them right there. Um, they um, yeah, no exactly. free rides. Um, I'll tell you what, yeah, you know what? There was a ton of, there was a great <laughs> beverage. I won't say what it is, but it was all over the buses. Um, the company provided a lot of beverages. Um, the adult pops were abundance. That was fun. The The way I approach it, so the way I looked at it was Sunday was awesome. The game was awesome. Um, everything that went into Super Bowl was awesome. The flight back was cool. The parade is where it really sunk into this team just won the Super Bowl. And we're a part of it. That the parade for me was when it all sunk in. That was the first time where we could kind of sit back and enjoy. It. We were on these double decker buses. Um, I was throwing, I was throwing adult beverages from the company that they gave us out to the crowd, which was kind of cool because they all went nuts. Um, and you saw the people. I saw where somebody threw one up to Pat. And yeah, he like caught it like one handed. Right? Coach Reed caught yeah. a ball one handed. I mean, uh-huh. it, was, it was pretty remarkable. The, the city definitely showed out. Um, but the parade was. It was, it. I'll say it. It was the best part of the of the entire Super Bowl experience. The being on the for me that being on the field was awesome and all that was cool. But feeling the fans that live and die by the Chiefs. I mean, the team that won a championship in fifty years. I mean, nobody at the parade remembered the last time the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Right. So it was the yeah. first time for, yeah. for the, everybody there, and it was such a cool experience. And you saw the love that they had. And it was freezing. And they were all out there. And then you get to the rally where everybody's in the stage and everybody's going nuts and players might have had a little too much drink beforehand. So they were kind of letting it fly, but it didn't matter because they won the Super Bowl. So nobody's going to say anything and do anything. But it was, it was a really cool experience to me. I think the, the parade was probably the best part of the, of the entire process. The game, the end of the game was fun, but then at the same time, like at the end of the game, you've got a million people on the field. So you can't even move. So that part kind of stinks. Um, the locker room's awesome, but then you also have, you're doing open locker room and there's interviews going on everywhere. So there's a little bit of interruption. The after party was cool with Pitbull and Flo Rida. Um, and coach, that was a trio. You look up and you see Pitbull, Flo Rida and Andy Reed. 
It's a trio that you, you think you'd never see together in the same room. Um, <laughs> but that was cool. Um, so it was a really, really cool experience. It's one of those things that I, I was talking to somebody like, I was like, man, this, this kind of stinks. Like, I may never get to this point again of being a part of the Super Bowl. And every year after this, it's going to feel like a failure. If, we, if, if I'm not a part of a team that doesn't get to this every single year, it's going to feel like a failure. Which kind of stinks because like, you already reached the mountaintop. But um yeah, the parade was awesome. The parade was probably the best part of the entire process. It was really, really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Is the guy who ran into the parking meter I don't okay? Know. And Pat, Pat asked that. Patrick asked that. <laughs> um, I think he's okay. I, I, you got to give credit to the guy. He was laser focused on getting the ball. He did not care that the parking meter was there. Uh, he didn't care about – there was a truck right around there. Yeah, he was going, going for it. it. He saw Patrick threw a ball into the crowd, and he didn't care. <laughs> Nothing was going to stop him for that parking meter got put there and that that's that not <laughs> uh, I hope he's okay and he still became a legend even yeah, though he got picked he up yeah he oh, went yeah, bottom, yeah. got picked up <laughs> I think I have two yeah. final questions mm-hmm. one is how would you rate the opening weekend of the loved XFL it. I know loved you liked it. everything I love the new kickoff because you still I thought the new kickoff the, was really cool the kickoff mm-hmm. it still appreciates the value of a great kick I don't know if you guys Ryan noticed it I'm sure all of the kicks, nobody's kicking it straight down the middle. They were all kicking, they were all coughing it yeah. into the corner. And if you guys know, if you kick it out of bounds, you get the ball to 40. So they're all coughing it between the numbers and the sideline, between like the 10 and the goal line. So they're putting it into that pocket so that all of those, you know, that they can cut off a corner of the field. Um, so you still have the beauty of a kick to start the game. And honestly, yeah, you don't have the excitement of everybody running downfield, but like, you're still going to have the kickoff returns that are exciting. You're still going to have the contact for that five-yard, that 10-yard buffer where they come together and they make the tackle. So you still have that part of it. You're just not having people running down with their heads on fire going head first into each other. I, honestly, I think it's a really good idea. Um, and I don't want to bash on the other league that is discontinued. They don't sponsor us anyway, so I'm not going to mention their name. Um, they, uh, <laughs> not to, not to, disparage them at all, but I thought there was really good talent on the field for the XFL. I thought it was good football. Um I thought it was good. Did you not think there was for the for the other didn't, league that we would think unnamed? it was great. Um didn't think it was great, which uh, when you look at it a lot of the players are the same, but like I, like you look at like the Dallas game, you're seeing Bob Stoops is coaching. Like that's pretty cool. Um for you guys, I mean yeah. like, I don't know if you guys are U T fans or whatever whichever you guys follow. Christian yeah, so UT. Bob Stoops probably is not your favorite person in the world. Um, but he had a lot of success at OU. So it's like you see a guy like Bob Stoops out there coaching a team. It's pretty cool. For me, Cardell Jones, seeing him for the D.C. Defenders um, was pretty cool. You know, because that was somebody that I saw when I was growing up. I saw Ohio State go to the national – win the national championship, and he was – he took him there. And he, he's the one that won those games. So uh, I thought it was pretty cool. I thought it was good football. I think it's definitely uh, – I think it's definitely good – for us as football fans to see football. Um, I kind of like how they did it like the weekend right after the Super Bowl. Could have waited a couple of weeks to maybe get some more buzz, but that's just that's apples and oranges. But I, I get the point of it. I mean, I get the point of it where the season's going to end right before minicamp and OTA so that, you know, guys can get picked up. I'm all for guys that get another opportunity to play and show what they have. I'm all for that. My last question is, where is Tom Brady going to end up next season? Great question. Um, and I don't know. Not at the Chiefs. Yeah, That's you can weird. you can you can take all thirty two and eliminate some teams. I don't think he'll be at the Chiefs. Uh, yeah. I don't think he'll. 
I think there's a good shot at him going to the Cowboys. Uh, honestly, I'm not figuring out that Dak situation. I think, I think, and it's not just Tom Brady. I just don't think. Yeah, that's, that's tough. That's tough. Um, but I also don't see Dak playing anywhere other than Dallas. So there's something you got to think about. I don't really either, but I just don't think yeah. he's the guy. It'll be man. tough. I think what's going to be cool. So, um, I mean, look, we start unrestricted free agency here in a couple of weeks. There's a lot of quarterbacks that are going to be up. I mean, Drew Brees is going to be up. I mean, it's there's a, there's a lot of, co- of quarterbacks that are going to be up. I think you're going to see some movement. I really do. Um, and there's a lot of guys coming in that could shake things up. Yeah, we bit. were talking about, I was talking about somebody earlier. You know, you've got your headliners and Joe Burrow and Tua. But, like, Julian Love, honestly, like, I'm not, I'm not a talent evaluator, but, like, Julian Love the product, man. I mean, you, if you put him in the right system, maybe a year or two to learn, maybe like the Pat Mahomes system, it could be a baller. Justin Herbert plays well. I mean, there's a lot of good players. The receiving core is deep. I think you're going to see. I think it was Odell yeah. that was saying it earlier. Like, this receiving core might be as deep as, like, the 2015 receiving class. 2014 receiving class. Um, it'll be good. There's a lot of good players coming out. I think it'll be, from my standpoint, it'll be fun to see kind of how it all transpires with the pro days and the draft and all that stuff. Um, I would say, like, oh, you can see it. Like, Senior Bowl used to be always a thing that you looked at, but um, – I didn't get to watch Senior Bowl this year because they're still playing. Um, normally, I pay close attention to Senior Bowl, but I just we had a game that's going on that week, um, so I really didn't pay too much attention. But I think it'll be you'll start to see some players. I always love watching the combine. The combine's awesome, so I think you're going to see some ballers. Do you think anyone's going to break the forty record this year? Who's the guy? Isn't that, that receiver at Bama that's supposed to run like a four-two, like flat, like something ridiculous like that? You guys see that? Uh, maybe I don't, I don't know. There's somebody that's supposed to be like they call it the next Tyree Kill. Um, that guy's fast, man. That dude's fast. Yeah, one of our one of our uh, one of my old coaches. He was uh, our OC my freshman and sophomore year, and our head coach my junior year. And he was like the youngest head coach ever in the history oh, of wow. the NCAA. And then he's at Southern Miss now. And one of the guys that they've got returning for them is like insanely fast. He took one that I was like, how is this guy even running that fast? Like, I've never seen it. Like, Tyreek Hill is ridiculously fast. And I'm like, who, how, how is this guy running that fast? Like, it just it looked like everybody else was standing crazy. still, man. Crazy. It was crazy. I mean, it's, there's a lot of good players out there. There's definitely a lot of good It'll be fun. Yeah. There are, yeah. I have to, yeah. I have to ask. Okay, so last week we did an episode on, like, the Super Bowl and the commercials mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um were there any of the uh, unnamed brand seltzers there? The seltzers? Did they yes. give those to y'all yes. too? Yeah. Uh, they were yeah. pretty Have you pretty tried good. them? Um, they're not as good as other brands. We'll leave it at that. Until any of those brands sponsor this podcast, okay. I'm not going to I'm not going to name any names. They don't they don't deserve it. <laughs> it was good though. Until until they sponsor this, I'm I'm not going to we're not going to put them out there. What was your favorite flavor? Uh, they had a mango one that was really good. That, like I'm not a I'm not a huge mega guy. That's but the really one good. that uh, they had Post Malone drink in the commercial, yeah. and he had the. Did you watch any of the commercials? I haven't, I haven't, watched, I haven't the game, watched. So, the whole, so normally one thing I like to do, um, I'll normally do it like on Wednesday night. Um, so the, the lucky thing is for working in the NFL, we have uh, we have free access to Game Pass, NFL Game Pass. I don't know if you guys know Game Pass. You can go back and you can watch. Yeah, you can watch the full. All 22, you can watch a 45-minute condensed, or you can watch like a full TV copy of every game in the NFL. So what I would do is mm-hmm. I would go back on like Wednesday night, 
um, and watch going in back. And I'd watch the Chiefs game from the week before just to see if there's anything else that I missed or picked up on. So normally I do that after game, like Wednesday nights is normally, I mean, after college football, after matching was done, there was no football on. So that was how I always used it. So Monday nights were Monday night football. Tuesday were chill. Wednesday I'd watch our game. Thursday night football, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, I've, I've yet to go back and watch the full TV copy of the Super Bowl. I, that might be what I do tomorrow. That might be what I do tomorrow. I haven't, I haven't watched it. I haven't watched I've seen, I saw, so they played the very opening commercial of the kids running. They played that. Yeah, yeah they played yeah, that, that commercial. That commercial was awesome. Screen, it was really cool. And like on TV, I'm assuming so I was on TV, like, kids stand there and it's like Peyton Manning and Joe Montana and Brady and then he gets the ball from I think it was maybe Commissioner Goodell and then he runs on the field so that was all going on at the yeah. same time on the screen so like I was watching the screens at Hard Rock in the corners so you're looking up in the corner from where it was in the press box I had one directly across and you're watching all that stuff and he hands the kid the ball and then like flashes into a light the kid flashes into a light taking the ball from Goodell and running and then I look down the field and the kid's running on the field and I, I think that's how it was on yeah. the commercial. Like the commercial was timed up perfectly to that. Um, uh huh. That yeah. was really cool. Yeah, he he like takes the ball, and then one of the Hall of Fame guys, I think, says it's showtime, and then it yeah. like goes white, and he's running out of the tunnel. And I was like, I've never seen that. That was like the coolest transition yeah, it was I've real. ever seen. I mean, and, and, they, and they, you you saw it on the screen, then you looked down, and they're coming out on the field. It was like it was pretty cool. That was one of the coolest moments. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the two. I'll say the two two of the moments that stood out to me. It's like, yeah, the end was cool, but the two coolest moments for me both happened in pregame. Um, the first one, I remember standing in the back of the end zone doing. So before the game, team comes out to do their warmups on their on their half of the field, and one of the things that I do before the games are I stand in the end zone and police the media so that like nobody goes out and gets in guys' faces when they're you know cameras and stuff when they're trying to warm up. Um, you're only given a half a field to warm up before the game. So it's super tight. So the media always tries to, you know, some camera guys may try to sneak in there and camera people and operators and stuff like that. But we just kind of police it and operate it and stuff. So I'm standing in the back of the end zone. And fortunately, nothing happened. I mean, they were all good. Everybody was good. Um, but I looked to, I looked to my left and I looked and I, it was Mike Vick. And I was like, holy crap, it's Mike Vick. And walking behind him was A-Rod. And I'm like, holy crap, it's A-Rod. And, like, it, it was, there was a couple moments where I was like, that's ridiculous. Like, that's A-Rod walking past. Uh, Cam Jordan from the Saints is walking in front of us. And I'm like, Cam Jordan. Like, there were a lot of, a lot of those moments. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it, it seems like you can kind of look around at the everywhere. Super Bowl and everybody is famous. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what industry Dude, they're in. Everywhere. Everybody's famous like, that's there. There's Jay-Z. Like, there's people all over the place. So that was that was pretty cool, and I, uh, Mike Vick was walking behind me, and I looked and I made eye contact, and he gave me like a sub nod, and I shook his hand, introduced myself, and he was a good guy. Um, the coolest, one of the moment, probably the moment I'll remember the most in the entire experience. So, warm ups wrap up, everybody goes, and normally you wrap up, break it down, and you just go to the locker room. They all, our team, I didn't know what was happening all our players took off their helmets and started walking out to like towards midfield and they all stopped at the 24 yard line and the players and staff all stood shoulder to shoulder at the 24 um, at their own. And it was the same thing with the 49ers on their 24. So they're standing at their own respective 24 yard line. And I was standing at like 
I was kind of confused, like, what's going on? I, I didn't know what was happening. So I went, so I walked out behind them and I looked, I was like, all right, they're 24. And I looked on the screen and it was doing, they were doing it for Kobe Bryant. And so I was like, wow, it's pretty cool. So I was standing back, like at 20. And I think they were waiting until like the pregame show came back live. So there was all these cameras. I was standing behind Patrick and there was all these cameras. But there's a couple steps to my right to like get out of the camera view. And I kind of looked around and it was really, it was quiet in the stadium because they were getting ready to do like the moment of silence for Kobe Bryant. And I looked, I did like a little 360 and it was like, holy crap. Like that was the moment where it hit me like, this is the freaking Super Bowl. And I, like it was a, it was a pinch moment. I, you honestly at that moment, I was, you couldn't help but like stop and just say thank you to the man above. Like we're sitting here at the Super Bowl where a hundred million people are about to watch this. And I was like standing, I took a step, like I'm standing on the field. Uh, that was, that was one of the coolest moments of the entire Super Bowl. So. It, was, it wasn't even during the game, and it was it was pretty nuts. The game, surprisingly, like I think like at home, when you watch at home, you're like, yeah, this game takes forever because there's so many commercials. The game flew by. I mean, I don't know if it was the same for you guys. I don't know if it felt like it did for you guys, but the game flew by, in my opinion. Like the halftime felt longer than the game. I it seemed it seemed pretty fast, cool. yeah. Uh, I was really excited at the end. So uh, every year, uh, for the past couple of years anyway, uh, my grandma mm-hmm. has wanted to do like a pool where uh, we she has like one one through ten or one through zero or whatever, and it's whatever the uh, you add the scores, so it's whatever the last okay. digit is um, wins the pot. And uh, I was like, the Chiefs got the ball back, and they're they, you know they're they're like inside the yep. thirty or I don't know something like that, and. Uh, my dad was he had seven and I think I had one and he was like, I just need him to kick a field goal so I can win the pot. And I'm like, I just need him to score a touchdown. And like Pat hands the ball yeah. off and he runs in and scores. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like running through the house and we've got people yeah. over and I'm like super freaking excited. And it was like it was like a hundred bucks. Yeah, no dude, idea. I was so was freaking pumped. <laughs> That's funny. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I had, I had right. a feeling, but you know, man. <laughs> so right now, I'm the two year in a row reigning <laughs> champ go on our Super Bowl pot. I love dude, it, dude. I know. I'm. I'm trying to. Well, cool, yeah. uh, dude. That was awesome. That was well, a really. I got to flip it really to you guys. Good how um, how's the podcast? How how do you guys like it? How uh, how do you feel about it? Good. I like it. it it's a lot of fun. I do yeah. most of the work, so <laughs> I have to like it. That's true. <laughs> But uh, yeah, man, it's been good. I've really, yeah. uh, we've really enjoyed doing the podcast. Um, it was something me and Christian started it. I it was in June of 2018, I think, and uh, we had, I think we'd gotten back from a trip or something. Mm-hmm. And you know, we listened to lots of podcasts on the road trips because where did we go? We went to like Charleston. Was that the year we went to Charleston? Yeah, so we went to like we went to Charleston, West Virginia. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's a, yeah. it's a solid drive up there. So we listened to quite a few podcasts and one day we were sitting around and, uh, yeah. like, I could do that. I was like, <laughs> I was like, dude, you know what? We, Cause we were just sitting in my room. Like, I think that was like the third or fourth day in a row that Christian had come over. We were just talking about all kinds of random stuff. And I was like, why don't we just start a podcast where we kind of talk about random stuff? And it's probably hurt us that we aren't like niched somewhere, <laughs> but man, it's also just nice. Cause I mean, we can talk to you about Super Bowl. We can talk Love about it. Bigfoot. We can kind of talk about anything we want to. Um, but dude, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, we've had some, some really interesting people on, uh, we've still got a couple that are wow. going to be really good coming up. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, it's just been a lot of fun. I love it. I, I, I really enjoyed sitting down with you guys. It was awesome. 
um, it was really cool for me. It was really cool to recap it, but it was also cool to get to know you guys a little bit and kind of give a give a little glimpse. I mean, it's like as I know you guys are, you guys are sports fans, and it's it's an area of I'm fortunate to be in an area of sports that not a lot of people know a lot about. So to kind of uh, kind of give you guys and to give everybody listening a little peek behind the curtain, it was it was, uh, it was my pleasure. Yeah, man, dude, yeah, that's awesome. Anytime. Thank you for coming on. Anytime. I'll be. I can be if you need somebody every every month. I got you. If you need if you need anybody else, I got you. All, All right, right, man. No we way. may we may take you up on that. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, I think we're going to end it here, um, but I'm going to try okay. to make it up to a Heck game yeah. at some point or just come hang out. I didn't even, I didn't even realize that you'd moved until I saw you in that oh, picture yeah. with Patrick Mahomes. That was, so that was a lot of, there was the same deal. I like, got a lot of I, people that sent me the Mahomes picture. and was like, what are you doing in Kansas city? Like, yeah, I moved here. <laughs> moved here. <laughs> if you guys are, if you guys are right. fans, you're barbecue fans. I know Texas barbecue. I've never had Texas barbecue, but I've heard it's pretty good. There, there's, there's no better. Dude, and come I will down, we'll take you. There's no better barbecue than Kansas City. It's, it's the best. Absolutely. Okay. I'll have to come find out. Yeah, yeah, I think the the trifecta for like the best barbecue in the U.S. is Kansas City, Memphis, and then probably Austin. Mm-hmm. And barbecue. Kansas City was good. Yeah, Ooh. I think I had two places in one day. <laughs> oh and, my uh, god that's Kansas solid. City's known for like the, like, the oh, burnt tips right I can eat burnt ends every day of my life okay oh, yeah amazing. we can do yeah. no, I thought we I thought we can edit what, what are your what are your favorite barbecue places in Kansas City you remember the places you went to um no it okay. was right off of a square <laughs> there are a lot of that helps I don't a lot of the place I, I know there was like this yeah. They opened these two <laughs> huge doors. Remember shapes. Yeah, I, I just remember walking in and I was like, dude, I'm, I'm from Texas. Show me what Kansas City barbecue is all about. So he, he gave me all this stuff and they hooked me up. And as he was talking to me in the back, they opened these mm-hmm. two huge like iron doors that were in the floor. And they pull out these two like wooden poles. And there's this huge pig that had been mm-hmm. smoking for like three <laughs> days in the floor of this place and they just pull it out and I was like Kansas City is incredible Dude, it's <laughs> oh. the six hours that I spent in Kansas City was the six right. hours oh. that I spent there were fantastic <laughs> man that's funny you yeah, know it was like... the place off the square <laughs> uh, you know no biggie Dude, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would I, I would remember. guess that there are there are a few places off like the plaza and, and squares and stuff like that you're talking about I wouldn't guess but none of us none of them sponsor this podcast so I'm not we're not gonna give them the credit yep no free he was gonna give him a free ride, ride either way and I would have told you my favorite places <laughs> my two favorite places but we'll leave it at that no problem. They didn't, we, they're not getting any, anything free out of us. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. We'll just have to come right. up and you can show us your favorite places and then That's they don't right. have to worry about That's sponsoring right. the podcast. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, he's looking it up. Oh, he's looking for address. Square. Um, <laughs> he just typed in Kansas City Barbecue <laughs> Restaurants. <laughs> I'm going to find Are some of them going to be no, in Kansas City, Kansas? That's one thing. Did you guys know that Kansas City is in no, Missouri? No, no, no. You guys know that? Okay, a lot of people, a yes. lot of people think Kansas mm-hmm. City's in Kansas. There's a Kansas City, Kansas, and a Kansas City, Missouri. A lot of people don't know that the Kansas, that the Kansas City uh-huh. in Missouri. Everybody thinks it's Kansas. Right, Can you right. imagine getting tickets for a Chiefs game and then driving to Kansas City, Kansas? I can't say many people think. How many people go? Place. Oh, how's Kansas? I'm like, yeah, it's great. I've been there a couple times. I'm like, aren't you in Kansas City? I'm like, yeah, Kansas City, Missouri. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Kansas Speedway. Well, you know, I've been there once or twice. Don't you exactly. live there? The no, Speedway dude, we're is in massive. Missouri. Kansas Speedway is massive. Kansas Speedway is cool. Exactly. Because there's nothing build, else around. Yeah. They can build you can it. Build, you can build eight as big as they want it to be. That's will be in Kansas. Heck yeah, dude. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks for talking to us. Absolutely. It was a great time. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, leave us a review. Those are always appreciated. And uh, if we get some, we'll start reading them on the show. We want to talk. We want to call you guys out and say, hey, thanks for thanks for supporting the show. Um, if you'd like to send us an email, you can do that. Question at hand at gmail.com. And uh, other than that, we'll see you in the next one. Bye, guys.